This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on KWWJ.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. Houston, a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here like we are every Monday from 11 to 12. And of course, gotta have a song and you gotta have a song with Whitney. This is from the movie The Preacher's Wife. I don't recall this movie, but you know what? I'm going to have to see it. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to rent it tonight or something because I think it's beautiful. But anything with Whitney has got to be good, right? Any movie she's in, uh, you know, every song she sings, it's unbelievable. This is called Joy. We'll play it its uh, entirety, of course, at the end. Listen to the music, The Sound of the Angels. Come and see the child who can make you whole. Away from harm and danger. All right, Houston, let's go ahead and fade that out, Mr. Producer. So first of all, I have a guest with me today. Her name is Miss Raquel Bajorn. Everybody, please welcome in the studio audience Miss Bajorn. Now, now, she happens to be, uh, at first, she happens to be just a wonderful person just to be with and hang with, but... What you wouldn't know when you see her is she's probably the most successful uh, woman-owned construction company in America. Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. And you look at her, you would say, you know, construction people, that's got to be all these, like, you know, big, burly guys. That said, but, I mean, but you're there toe-to-toe with them, and, and you're out there, and you're out hustling, you're out working them, and you're out thinking them just every day. That's what you got to do when you're a woman. Is that what you got to do? You gotta, <laughs> well, you know what? Remember that song by Roger? You wear it well. You wear it well. Well, thank you. Well, tell, so tell us first of all, um, where were you from again? Get, I want I want to know your story. What What was your story? So I was actually born in the Midwest, but raised in Houston since six months old. Um, so I resonate. Houston is my hometown. Never ever going to move anywhere else. I can't stand the cold anyway. Um, Single mom. I mean, no, the song, the, the cold doesn't bother me anyway. Oh. Is that the No, Frozen? it bothers me. Yeah, it, no. bothers, <laughs> it bothers me too. I like the South. Yeah. I mean, I've built in, I've built in cold climate before too, but, uh, but no, I definitely, I definitely love Houston. Uh, one of the most diverse cities in the country, the most diverse city in the country. Um, being Latina, that's my culture. I was raised uh, Mexican-American. Um, my mother was a single mom for quite some time with me and my sister growing up. Uh, got to see different parts of the city growing up. Uh, started from very humble beginnings, and now here we are. So it's one of those great stories of, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, but you can definitely uh, be successful. And your mom, was she, did, like, she instill on you the hard work? Is that where you get it from, your yes, mom? Yes, yes, yeah. She had, like, three jobs, four jobs, always hustling, uh, always making sure to do whatever it took uh, to take care of us so that my sister and I had the best. Uh, but I do remember, like, we were we were broke. Like, and there comes a time where, like, when you're really young, you don't understand what poor means until, like, you get to that nine. I feel like at nine years old, like, when you're almost in middle school, you start understanding, hey, Something's not, like, I'm not like everybody else. So I became very, very strong in that she was like, Miha, you can be whatever you want to be. It starts with self-belief. So that's kind of like the, the, the motto that I've used in my path and my journey in life. And now I feel like it's my social responsibility to, to teach that, to, to try to encourage other women and other young girls to be strong, stay strong. You can, you can do anything that you want to do, become anything that you want to be, in male-dominant industries or not, anything is possible. Well, you're talking to thousands of young girls now, right this moment. So it'll be great as we talk to think about them. So let me ask you this. So when you were young, walking the hall, where'd you go to high school? 
So I went to two high schools, actually. I went to Clearbrook High School um, out in Friendswood, and then I actually finished at Texas Tech University High School on my own so I could pursue a music career full time. And that, that required me to tour and travel, uh, mostly throughout Mexico, uh, where I sang the Italian national anthem and I did halftime shows, so. How wonderful. So when you were in school, did you ever think you'd be in construction? No. No, that happened by accident. It, you know, being an artist and being a singer whenever you first come out, that's like the dream, right? You want to make it. You know, you see the artists, you see the TV guys, and you're like, man, they got it down. They're so successful. They make so much money. So I thought I was going to be like this big, famous pop artist. Did that. Actually was successful because I feel like whenever you get paid to do it as a craft, then that's success in itself. But artist and being an, a musician in general is tough. So I had to learn the hustle and the grit and then my husband was also in the music industry and when we were not touring and when we were not doing music I was like man we need some steady income so I was going to school um, I was like what do you know how to do besides music and he was like I, I know a little bit about construction I was like great we're gonna start a construction company how great yeah. let's get to that for a second so when you went you started you were in the music business yes. you were in, and do you love music do you still sing I <clears throat> I will sing on occasion, like karaoke, not professional anymore. Uh, well, like who, what, who's some of your artists that you like? Uh, Rocio Durcal was one of uh, my like go-to artists. Jennifer Lopez, of course. I mean, give I, me a little uh, J Lo. Give me, give oh, me, come on, come on. No. Give me, give me, no, give me, no, give me, no, come on. No, give me, no, give no, me. Give, oh, we need <laughs> some, we need some uh, salt, some, uh, today, some salt. Today. Okay, not okay. Today, um, <laughs> but so then, so you would sing, and yes. uh, you know, do you miss it? Um, sometimes, I mean, I don't miss the, uh, it's a hard industry. So one thing about being a musician, especially like, you know, 15, 17, 15 to 18 years ago, it was such a different world. You know, women were more treated like an object, especially in the entertainment business. So like, you know, how we looked, the way we dressed, what we said, we were always available, but never available. Like we weren't allowed to be in relationships because, you know, it, it just, it was really complicated. I remember going into an audition for and actually was offered a deal, and it was like, that was one of the questions, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, what does that have to do with my singing yeah. ability? Yeah, what right? does that have to do with my talent? Right, but um, but no, it also prepared me all the rejection, uh, you know, being able to sing at the drop of the hat, I used to have to do that. Um, it prepared me for construction, because construction, actually while we have all these new laws for equality and women being able to enter into the industry i still feel like there is an invisible veil for women in male-dominated industries construction being one of them tech is kind of semi another one too but um but i feel like it's inspired me to we're still kind of learning and navigating what that means for a woman to be at the table and, um, and so it's kind of like I want, my social responsibility. I want to go to construction. We're, I, want, I want to go through the whole thing with you. But before we do that, so then you were singing. Did you meet your husband like on tour or yeah, singing? It was at a, a show. We both were doing a show. The, had, were you on the same show or it no? It was the same set. Like I had a 30-minute set. Then he had a 30-minute set. And I was like, um, no, actually, I, I met him at a music video. I was invited to go be it as part of one of his music videos here in Houston. But I kind of like blocked that out because he was so rude when I met him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remind him of that? Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. Yep. And then... Uh, and, but he was so cute. And so, like, I remember the first time I saw him, I told my mom. My mom was my momager. Um, I was like, I'm going to marry him one day. I don't know who he is. I don't know who his name is. But he is so cute. Um, and this was my 17-year-old self. So uh, I ended up running into him again, like, a month later at a show. And, of course, you know, we weren't doing a music video, so he wasn't the superstar at the time. I was. And uh, he would he would object to that anyway. But, uh, yeah, he was so sweet whenever we met, and I was like, we should do a song together. And so we did a song, and we kind of just, music made us fall in love with one another. I think by month three, he was already like, I'm going to marry her one day. So we, we kind of <laughs> All it took was three early. months. All it took was three That's months. That's it, three months. For me, well, I was like, whoa, it's too soon, but yeah. <laughs> so then he, so then what clicked to say, we, I went with something better, and then he said, well, I know a little bit about construction, and you said, yeah. well, let's do it. Yeah. What, what clicked? I just, I was searching for an opportunity to just be something more than we had ever been. So I was trying to go where I had never gone, and I didn't know how I was going to get there. So construction was... And what year was this now, when y'all started? This was um, 2008, so when we so first discussed it. So it's like 14 years ago. Yes. 15 years yes, ago. 15 years, yes. So then 2008, we talked about it. We didn't make it official until like 2009. 
Um, Boy, what a time to start construction, right? I know. During the whole financial crisis? Yeah. Uh, And so when you started construction, you were doing homes or were you doing commercial type construction? So... It's really easy to start a business in the state of Texas. It's literally just going online and registering an EIN and, you know, registering the name. Did that. I think we did it, like, on Inc. File that many years ago in 2009 and in June. And then... For, for our listeners, to explain what that means again. So it's easy to start a business. You go online and you get... You're registering with the Secretary of State, I guess. Is that what you're doing? Register with the Secretary of State. You check which names are available. Then there's a website for you to go on to register your EIN. And literally, you can even expedite the service. Uh, back then, I think it was about $300. I think it's still about around $300 to $500. And you get your, your business basically emailed to you and then an official document in the mail from the Secretary of State saying, congratulations, you're in business. So it's yeah. really easy to open up a construction business here in Texas. So you open it up, and you're looking at each other like, say, well... Looks like we're opened up a business. We're successful. It was like, well, where's the revenue? Yes. I mean, exactly. and then what happened? So I was working full time at a uh, being the parts girl at a uh, fixed base operation called Millionaire, and I was going to school full time. I was also a part time student, and I was uh, looking at Craigslist ads, and they used to have a lot more lead services. Uh, back in the day but back in the day if you needed a construction company you would just literally go on to craigslist.com and so you could post an ad there for like $25 and then I found a solicitation on there for an apartment complex that needed a ditch dug so I called the manager and I was like hey I'm here for it where do we where do I go sign me up I'm ready to give you an estimate to dig a ditch I show up and the apartment complex had tarps so they had a major roofing issue, which was like Ike hit in 2008. So it was like right after Ike had hit. And, um, and I was like, why haven't you fixed the roofs yet? She goes, I can't get the money from the insurance. I said, ah, oh, you're in luck. I can help you get the money from the insurance. She says, really? I said, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to help you. She says, okay. I said, look, if I get the money from the insurance, then you're going to give me the job. And she said, okay, believing that maybe I probably wasn't going to get the money from the insurance, but I did. So I went to adjuster school that weekend, found a class online, took that with my husband, learned how to write a policy, filed the claim on their behalf. Wow. Hired my cousin, Ray. Hey, Ray. He's still roofing. Ray, what you doing, Ray? Yeah, he he, he came and he did the roof, and uh, we made about uh, 20 stacks. 20 to 25 stacks, which was a, it's still a lot of money to make in one month. So like in your early 20s, we made that kind of money. Like we were like the heroes of the community at the same time as, as being builders. So one thing I didn't know about my gift, they were like, well, what's your experience in construction? I was like, well, obviously I had just started. It's kind of like when you apply for a resume. I was like, well, I don't know, um, but I know somebody who knows. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we built our company. Well, the amazing thing was you said, I'll do it. Yeah. I think the lesson is the... Don't tell me how I can't do it. Right. Tell me how maybe I can. Yes. Uh, and I think that's the key. Yes. When I hear you talking. Yeah. Too many times people are like, you know, there's nothing wrong with setting a really high standard for yourself. And I think too many times we accept like the feeling of fear. And it's not that I was talking about this this morning. I was like, it's not that fear isn't there, but you just have to fear less and have more faith in it. So it's like your faith has to be stronger than the fear. Deciding there's nothing wrong with asking God and the universe for all these things that you believe you're entitled to. And if you really believe it starts with self-belief, if you really believe that's who you are supposed to become, then everything naturally falls into place. It's just, just doing it. So the how, you don't know, but you've already made your mind. You're going to do it. You just go for it. I like the I like the faith part. Yeah. Um, that's you know the the show is called a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Yes. And we've had many people who an element of faith is what connects every single speaker we've had. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so easy in these times. Yes. Tough times, starting a business times, COVID times, war across the yes. Europe times. Children getting killed at school times to lose your faith. It's just so hard to say, you know what? I just give up. Right. Did you ever want to give up? Did, was there times when oh. you were there and you said, honey, what's your what's your husband's name again? Felipe. Did you say, Felipe, you know what? Let's go back to singing. Oh, Did, man. Were there times you almost pitched it? Oh, man. There was times I was like, I just want to quit and go work at McDonald's because it sounds <laughs> so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Um, 
Yeah, I had, I still do sometimes. Like, you know, especially being a business owner, you take the responsibility. People think like, oh, being the leader of a company, you know, they see the outside, it looks so lavish. You know, they see the awards, they see it, but they don't really understand the journey of what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. And there's so many nights where you just are crying in the shower because you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pray on it. I'm just going to wake up in the morning and just keep giving my 110%. And it's going to come. It's going to come. We're going to work through it. And, and it's happened every single time. And it just begins with not quitting and really not quitting on yourself yep. and not believing the lies, mm -hmm. right? Because everybody, everybody almost even out of their fear, especially for me in construction, like it's so natural for me to walk in. I'll never forget the first $50 million project that, that we as a company were building. I walked in, there was 30 people at the round table and one woman, and it was just me. And the guy at the very end, we all do introductions and he goes, Hey, so what is it that you actually do? And I was like, are we really having this conversation? It's like 2000 and, you know, 15 yeah. or 16, really? And I'm like, oh, I just show up and like pretty and collect a check. Yeah. You know, but it, it's changed. It, I feel like the last year has really evolved with, with getting to become more comfortable socially with seeing more women at the table, specifically in construction and development and really in any male dominant industry. Well, you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, I, I'm a student of government and politics and those things. And I'm always saying to myself, you know, when you get these people who have been in government 40, 50 years, yeah. they don't know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Right. They don't know what it's like to struggle to deal with the day-to-day -day economy. They don't know what it's like to say, how am I going to meet payroll this week? Right. And unless you have felt that, yeah. You don't know what no. people feel like every day no. to just live paycheck to paycheck when you're dealing with other people's mm. money. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because that's always been something that has been on my mind. That, you know, you, it's, it's the entrepreneurs who have suffered, yes. who have worked hard, who understand that they are looking after other people. They're creating jobs. They're the ones that really, in my opinion, get it. Yeah. Let's talk about that $50 million project. Was that the biggest project you've ever, you've ever done or no? No. Right now we're overseeing a 200, it'll end up being around a $200 million wow. industrial build. I can't say who the client is. I understand. Let's uh, go back to your first 50 and then I'm going to go to the 200 yeah. million with the, with the name of which we now will not name. Yes. But but the $50 million, <laughs> tell us what, what was it like when you first got that $50 million? Did you just get up and, and like do the floss and I'm all excited. I got my $50 million project. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> am I right? Yeah, I mean, I come on. Yeah, you got to celebrate. I think too many times, too, I made this mistake. It was like, okay, we got the win. Okay, what's next? And so, like, at that moment, though, I did take it probably, like, I think we went out to celebrate at a dinner or something. But it's only, like, when you work for yourself, you're actually really working for everyone else. It's like what you say, because you've got so many people that are depending on you to make the right decision. Right. And so, yeah, it was almost like a sense of, okay, now I did it. Now we actually have to perform. And so, you know, there's an 18-month process to making sure that you're putting the right people in the right positions. And I think that's a lot of part of like small businesses and learning in my growth has been a lot of times I had the wrong people in the wrong positions. I had friends. I had people that weren't actually qualified to be in that role. And that's typically how you start. You right. bootstrap it off of the friends and, and, the, and their family. Friends and family. My family still works with me. Fortunately, they're all really smart geniuses, you know. So my sister Marissa is our CFO. She had, got her master's in finance. Uh, but, but no, it, it's, it's, it's a big like learning curve. And I think another thing that people make the mistake of whenever they're thinking about going into businesses is they expect not to have to feel pain. And what I mean by pain, I don't just mean physical, but I mean like you're going to have to make emotional decisions. And I think it's kind of naive to think like you're going to go through this journey without feeling it. Because if you didn't go through tough times, if you didn't go through something painful, if you didn't go through something challenging, then when you come on the other side of it, then you know, it's so much more powerful and it means so much more because you've been through it. That's right. So I think that has been a lot of the journey in construction. Like with that 50 million, it was like, okay, I said, we're going to do it. I'm the first Latina to have this opportunity to be able to do this. It was actually for the University of Houston. It's parking garage number five in the School of Architecture. Um, and so we were as a designer. You remember girl. it? That just rolled off like, like yeah. nothing. I mean, you, yeah. th that, you just know it. Yeah. And I'm alumni there. So it was really wow. a proud moment for me because 
I've actually had the opportunity to renovate and build and expand on that campus in the same places where I got lectured in. Isn't so, that amazing? That was really cool. That was really That's cool. That's got to touch you some, I mean, yeah. That's got to touch you. Come on. It's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> I, I, I love hearing it. So, so you, cause you, I'm, I don't know the right word, you built or constructed that parking garage. Yes. And and so what goes into that? Is it, is it design? Is it cement? Is it, is it, I mean, what goes into construction? Someone like me doesn't even know other than when I look at something, I'm amazed at like, who the heck knows how to do this? I even get lost on those garages because they go up and down, you know, and where you turn around. I can't even figure that out. Yeah. It's a, my role was a lot of uh, like finding the right people for the right, the right responsibility. And so like there's an estimating process, there's a pre-phase design process, and you have the design process, and then you have the buyout process. And so there's a lot of negotiation, there's a lot of vetting, um, there's a lot of understanding capabilities. And then also, you know, you're dealing with so many different types of personalities because engineers uh, are more like, you know, A, B, C, D, very process oriented architects are more artistic they're more you know the design they see a vision and and so my job a lot of times is to try to marry the two to speak the same language and so rather than like point the finger and and throw everybody under the bus as to why something doesn't work I like to come in and be like okay this is how we can make it work I bet you're really good at that understanding the construction putting everyone together yeah I I like all of us to sing kumbaya yeah yeah I I, I believe it I totally believe it yeah well well let me ask you this so when you're hired, they say, okay, you're going to build this big garage, $50 million project. Do they say, you got six months? Yes. Okay. And do they say, and if you do it under, uh, under budget and, and, uh, and less time, you get a bonus? Do they, do they, do they incentivize you? Sometimes. Because, you know, the, the per- perception that people have is, oh, boy, it's always a long time. And, oh, yeah. I don't want to build anything because it's going to take a long time. Yeah. And, you know, the stereotype. Yeah. Uh, but there are incentives to make it go faster or no? Uh, sometimes. I mean, for us as a construction company, there is incentives sometimes to go faster because then there's cost savings and the amount of labor that you're having to spend on a monthly basis. Um, but as far as like, you know, cost savings, you know, you establish a, a, a budget, which is what we call GMP. And then what DMP stand for? It's a maximum price. Okay. Like it, it's a terminology and contract for like it's not to exceed. Okay. So we establish a not to exceed price, and then we work backwards. I see. From there, so um, our goal is. And that you shave, not shave, but you save here and there and there. Right. We try to we try to give the the vision for that budget. So it's kind of like uh, maybe aluminum instead of steel, or maybe like you start giving uh, maybe not that tile, maybe this one. Um, and so it's a it's a hand-holding process that we do. But, you know, I personally... Um, oh. That's for me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, personally, uh, we, you know, we are involved more in just listening and then helping the client come to a decision on how they want to move forward without um, negotiating on the quality, I guess. That is amazing. Hold on. We got a question already for you. Is there an Ernie on the line? Yes. Ernie, you have me, Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer with Miss Raquel Bajorn, who really um, is an entrepreneur through and through and is the most successful, forget about female builders, she's one of the most successful builders in America. Thank you. What you got, Ernie? Isn't that amazing, Ernie? I'm listening and I'm so excited I can't sit down. I'm standing up because... Latina power in the house. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, you know, and sh- what's interesting is, uh, if you don't mind me saying this, uh, you know, when you think of people who've been successful, you think, oh, they got a chip on their shoulder or something. She- she's like, you know, someone you could go have manudo with or something. I mean, she- you know, she's just like a regular person that you just want to hang with. You know, she's not I one of these intimidating and I'm going to be a I'm in charge and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Not at all. Go ahead, Ernie. I see. I can hear her voice, and and the tranquility of your voice alone shows your confidence that you're not in anybody's way. You're just trying to be a part of a team, and I think it sounds wonderful. And the fact that you're a U of H uh, focused individual, my son's at U of H, so I I try to keep him focused in the school of technology. 
So I hear what you're saying, girl. I hear you. I hear you loud. You, you remind me of Selena. Thank you, Ernie. Yes, we're trying to be the Selena of business. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we're like the Jennifer Lopez of business over here. Hey, I want to yeah. hear some Selena. Hey. <laughs> bitty, bitty, yeah, boom, boom. I want to hear it. Yeah, love Selena. She was my favorite, actually, growing up. So. But Ernie, er, I was going to tell you. Go ahead, Ernie. I'm impressed because Gilbert was smart enough to say uh, what he did about correlating your faith with your success. Yes. Uh, Gilbert is a, right now the uh, chairman and uh, presenting sponsor for Step for Students, raising funds for Catholic schools. Uh, we believe in the importance of public school, but also when you can have faith-based yes. education, what can, what more can you ask for? And uh, Gilbert is supporting that. This uh, It's gonna be February the 11th. He's the presenting sponsor with his team. Garcia, Hamilton, and Associates. So if you can come out and walk with us and get a team together, we would love to have you. You're a, you're a doer. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ernie. Thank you for calling in, Ernie. Uh, please listen to the show because Raquel's got a lot more to share. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you, Ernie. Thank you, Ernie. Hashtag Latina Power. Hashtag Latina Power. <laughs> so let's go back, Raquel. So, so then you got your first big 50 million. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, I don't know the right word, you, you hit the big time, right? Because that's a, that's a big number, right? It's I mean, a big step, yeah. It's a big step. It's a big step. Because all the other projects were, you know, sort of getting you there. Right. Small, and then, bam, and, and you probably thought, we got to make this work. Yeah. Because this 50 can lead to the next 50 right. can lead to the 100. And, uh, you, got, you got one shot. And I will say, even at that time, I it was a struggle. It was a struggle because I was actually um, – let me see. I had my daughter in 2018, so I was pregnant even. Was that right your first child? My second. Second. Uh, so in 2017, I was pregnant with my daughter right after Harvey hit. I remember eight weeks. I, I had just found out, and we had a, we had just got the JOT contract uh, for HIC and for U of H at the time, and I was like, "How am I going to do this pregnant?" Yeah. You know, and I just did it. I mean, I was like, "I just did it," and so I didn't really make like this big announcement about it. Um, I actually get a lot of questions of that, like, "What is it like being a woman pregnant in construction?" And it was funny, like, I didn't make this big announcement. I would just show up everywhere really pregnant, and everybody's like, "Are you pregnant?" I'm like, "No, I have a tumor." Like, come <laughs> on, like, you know, like. <laughs> Well, you know, but some, I mean, but but sometimes you know, guys are a little yeah. afraid to say. Should I say she's pregnant? What if she's not pregnant? Right. You, know what I mean? if she's you not? get you get scared. You get I'm scared. Like, you know. But I mean, I came to a point. Where I was like, obviously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I and I successfully breastfed my daughter for nine months. So she came to work with me. She came to work work. How sides. wonderful! Like it just was like a very normal thing that I made it in our environment. I was like, this is not a disability. Nobody would be in existence without a woman. So you know. Yeah, like, that's be, right. Let's be proud about it. I don't know why society has made it like this weird thing, but um, but no, I, I get those kind of questions all the time. Like, how did you do it? What did you do? And I was like, I just did it. I didn't ask for permission. I just did it. I well, to well since we're too. since we're revealing, so my wife lasted about three days breastfeeding, and really? she was like, the, the baby's making <laughs> me so hot. Hard. The baby's it's making so me hot. Hard. And so she just gave up the so the baby hard. was making her too hot. Uh, so hard. But you know what's interesting is this whole concept of I was. Remembering what you said about your mom, yeah. I mean, she had you and your sister, and she found a way, yeah. right? She found she a did. way, she and did. that is why, you know, you found a way. Yes. And because life brings you things and the joy of a child, but it's work, and you found a way. Yeah. We have another caller. Stay with that thought. Is there an Alexandria on the line? Yes. Hi, Gilbert. Uh, Alexandria, you have me. A tip from Gilbert, talk inspiration and prayer with <laughs> Raquel Bajorn. What do you have for us? Yeah, it was a question for Raquel. I was just curious um, what sparked her interest first in construction and then what um, like what words or like motivation does she have for other Latin women that want to take that leap of faith into those heavy hitting industries? Heavy hitting. That's it right. Construction has got to be one of the last bashes maybe financial finance too of like male dominated white male dominated yeah. it's got to be one of those last bashes it is, right it is yeah so um so first question is i started researching and googling okay how much money is in the construction and development industry because i think that's a lot of um 
mis like people don't realize, but it's a trillion dollar industry. And so I knew that there was a lot of opportunity there. And then when I started researching, you know, I learned a lot in the entertainment business. Like, you got to be a separator. What's our separator? Well, just me being born as a Latino was a big separator yeah. because there wasn't. Separating means what makes you different, right? Is that what's what you mean? a differentiator? Okay. Yeah. Like, what's what's that one thing that makes you different? And so, um, I was always up for a challenge. So I knew that. So I was like, man, I need to get a piece of that trillion dollars. Yeah. But then, as far as like inspiration for other Latinas, like I always say. Like, it really does start with self-belief. So, like, in the, my mornings on my Instagram, I actually do, like, a Buenos Dias thing in the morning. And I'm like, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself who you are, who you are becoming. And I know it's a lot more work than just self-affirmation because you got to actually get out there and actually do the work. But it really does begin with self-belief because you will have a lot of haters. You will have people be like, it's never been done. You can't do it. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You know, I didn't have a degree in construction my degree was in business um, I don't have an engineering background at all it was just like if I didn't knew if, if I didn't know how to do it I was gonna find somebody who knew how to do it and that was the gift so I think it just comes back to like believing in yourself first also as you grow and once you have made your mind up about who you are going to become get comfortable with outgrowing the current environment that you're in so if you're in a circle of people that are constantly naysaying you and they're putting you down and they are trying to suppress you from growing more it's because they're projecting their own self-fear, mm -hmm. right? So or jealousy or, or something. Jealousy. And it could be somebody that you love. It could even be a family member. It could even be your, your spouse, right? Yep. And so it's kind of like you have to make your mind up that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. What matters most is what I think first. And so whenever you start putting that out into the world and you start – people will believe you. If you believe you, people will believe you. And that's what people buy. People don't necessarily buy a business. They don't buy a brand. They buy the individual that that brand represents. So I think that that's really important in anybody's journey, in any business you're in, whether it's construction or whatever, you, it starts with self-belief. Amen. Yes. I mean, yeah, studio audience loves that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's super good. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Alexandra, are you still there? Yes. You have a follow-up or anything before we uh, tune you out? Anything? No, no. Thank you so much, Raquel, for that. And thank you, Gilbert. Thank you for calling a yes. tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. So let's go back. So when did you get this big, the, the, the big, when you, like, enchilada, the, the 200 million? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. So you must have seen it, I don't know, is, are these advertised? Yeah. You know, like, I'm no. looking for a bid. Or did somebody no. call you to say... We're kind of looking for, or did you say, you know what, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, how does it work? So um, we built, I mean, in any business, it's always relationship-based. So what ends up happening is when you're building your own personal brand, you start making people aware of what you're doing. You start speaking on it. You start, people are starting to notice what you're doing. Right. Um, last um, year, I actually completed an international merger. So I was actually a status construction before and I completed an international merger last March uh, with a company called Grupo Endi and Grupo Endi is the largest privately owned general contractor in all of Mexico um, and now we are indie construction partners headquartered here in Houston, Texas. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You say that like it ain't nothing but a thing. Yeah. Now hold on a minute. No, no, no. So you were yeah. your own business. Yes. And now you merged with somebody. Yes. And with with a a giant. Yeah. So wow. We, we did. And how did that all happen? Well, because like. As a part of bonding, especially in public sector, you have your limitations. You can only organically grow so quickly. And that's one thing that... Explain to our listeners what bonding means. So bonding is a program. It's basically like an insurance policy that a lot of public sector entities require in order for you to be able to bid. So it's kind of like a qualifying element. So yeah. So if, like if you're doing a $50 million project for me and I'm U of H... I'll make you have bonding Correct. of how much? Uh, $50 million for whatever the availability. Okay. Whatever it is. Whatever the, the amount is. So in order for you to scale, you know, I was at like a $25 million revenue. In order for me to be able to jump, like I had to strategically partner or I had to merge. So I was like, in order for me to be able to. Or just keep growing organically. Right. But that's hard. It takes right. a long time. Well, yeah, I would be like 80 years old yeah, by yeah, the time yeah. I could qualify to do something that 
that's that size right. like 200 million right so we merged um and then naturally because of the merge we became the largest latino owned firm in the united well in texas i'm not sure in the united states i've been looking i've been looking i keep researching for someone else out there so if you're listening i'm here um but i uh i did that which was a really big transaction it was a nine month uh, negotiation we closed did they find you or you found them they found me yeah. What a what a great compliment. Yeah. And their motive was what? To get in the Houston market or what was their motive? It was looking for the right the right brand. The the mission was is like we really aligned on the same principles. They're also a family owned business. Um, I have my family that I work with on a daily basis. I think we aligned a lot on where we wanted to go as a company. And, and how much construction do they do a year? Oh, you know? they're they're valued at billions. So last, I mean, they've built every major port in in Mexico probably for the last ten years. They're actually doing the Mayan train project, which is the largest construction project right now in Mexico. Um, so yeah, my partners are really busy with uh, dealing with that project, and I'm over here trying to build the world and universe here in the United States. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you ever sit back and you say all this, and do you ever pinch yourself and say, "Can you believe it?" That you know. Not that long ago, you know, I was I was singing the national anthem somewhere, yeah. and now here I am, yeah. doing these massive projects, creating jobs, um, and doing things that are going to last. I mean, this you know, a hundred years. Yeah. Some of these projects are going to last a hundred years. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been a privilege. I've, I, you know, pressure is a privilege, and so it's definitely something where we're consistently challenged, consistently pressured. I think. Being a female in this industry, you do have to be better, smarter, faster, quicker. Um, and, and the so only thing harder than that is to be a Hispanic female that's right. in this business, right? When you got to be right. harder, quicker, smarter, that's all those right. things you said, squared, yeah. you know, to the second power. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that scene from Selena where the dad's like, you know, when you're going to perform in Mexico, you're like, you know, you have to be more American and you're not Mexican enough. And, they, and, and I'm like... Yeah, that's kind of the yeah. struggle that I yeah. feel a lot of the time in business. So, um, but no, yeah, sometimes I pinch myself. Yeah, sometimes. You deserve it. Pinch yourself. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, because it's, um, <laughs> it's a glorious thing. Yeah. Um, and your mom has got to be so, is your mom's living? Yes. She's got to be just like she's my, thrilled with her. She's my VP of construction. She's actually on a walkthrough right now of her project too. <laughs> Mom's right now VP of yeah, construction on a walkthrough. Yeah, she's in a walkthrough right now. She's one of the toughest, smartest, uh, most brilliant people that that I know, and I'm very grateful to have her and work with her every day. Amen. We have another caller. Is there a Karen on the line? Yes, hello. Is, this a, is this a Karen on the line? This is a Karen. A yes. Karen. This is Gilbert Garcia <laughs> of a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Every time I say my name, I have to say that. Yes. Um, I'm here with Miss Raquel Bergeron, who is a very successful construction company entrepreneur. What you got for her or me? I was just wondering. I, well, I was just wondering. I know you. You said that you had a, a weird experience with your fifty million dollar project, being the only woman in the room. I was just wondering if you have any more sort of horror stories about what it's been like for you being one, not only a woman, but a Latina in a male dominated industry, um, you know, just they wouldn't expect to see you there. And if there's, yeah. I know that you probably had to do a lot to overcome it. Um, but if you had any other really bad experiences that you could share. Yeah, that's a, that's, come on. That's the best question of all. Cause I mean, do you ever hear these guys, you know, these guys say, uh, excuse me, darling, can I get, um, uh, coffee with cream? Yeah. I mean, can, I can imagine, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes I'm afraid to go into something if I'm in a tuxedo, cause they're going to say, um, the red Mercedes is mine there, uh, Mr. Latino man. I mean, you know what I mean? Really? I mean, if I'm at, if I'm at a nice place with a tuxedo, uh, so what do you think? What, I mean. I mean, I could tell you one recently. It was only like two weeks ago. I was going to walk a job site. I was actually walking with my client, um, and this is a really big one. And uh, and so I went out there and I asked one of the supers. He didn't know who I was. By the way, I always try to wear hot pink and a hot pink hard hat because I'm the only <laughs> hot pink person in the ah! city of men, right? Um, and the super comes and he didn't realize who I was. And he and I asked him. I said, "So who's your dirt guy?" And he was like, "Jesus." And I said. <laughs> 
what kind of answer is that? I was like, I'm serious. He was like, what do you know about that? And I was like, just so, and then the client was like, uh, she's the owner of, you know, Indy. She's the one doing the job. He's oh like, my God. He probably like felt, I, I mean, just stepped in it. I was like, come on. Like, you know, it's 2023 or that was 2022. Um, Another interesting one was, you know, Channel 11 and last September they did this, you know, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. And so they featured me on a bunch of different stations. Oh, how I great. purposefully wore hot pink with a hot pink hard hat and high heels for a photo op. And I think I got more comments on their news station. It was like 3,400 comments about my fashion and what I was wearing. And I wasn't OSHA compliant mm -hmm. and how dare a woman wearing a oh skirt my be on gosh. a job site. You weren't OSHA compliant. Yeah, That's the safety for the yeah, listeners. For safety. The safety, safety compliant. Um, but it wasn't an active job site. It was actually my job site. I did it for a photo op on purpose, knowing that it was probably going to get a rise out of a lot of people. So now it's just inspired me even more to like you know, be proud of femininity and being a woman in the male industry. And um, somebody told me I need to make like hot pink high heels that are also hard toe. We'll see. That <laughs> is a great, uh, you know what? That is a great one. Uh, they got to be hard toe, of yeah. course, for the listeners, yeah. you know, because construction things fall on your feet. And so oftentimes the, the construction workers have steel toe boots. Yeah. Uh, that way they don't, you know, get crushed and those sorts of things. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's just about changing the... The directive. So anytime someone comes at me with something kind of snooty, it's just kind of like, you know, redirecting it and staying positive and being like, oh, come on, we're better than that. You know, you didn't really mean that, right? That was so silly. That was a joke, right? Um, because I think it's just changing that culture. I've also, I've also had men not want to work for a company finding out that the head of the company was a woman. Uh, so because they think that, like, oh, she can't she's do gonna this. She's going to be too emotional. Oh, emotional. Um, she's just going to be too dramatic. Um, I've literally offered somebody 90 grand, no joke. He was making, he was going to make $10,000 more. He turned it down because he was like, I just cannot work for a woman. I've had outside salespeople come and call me and say, hey, um, you know, if you had a man go to the meetings instead of you, you might get better staffing. Oh, my like goodness. At real stories. Like, I mean, I've put it on speaker and people will just be blown away because here we are, you know, 2022, 2023. And it's like, really? Like well, I mean, we, I, I have it in my business, our yeah. business. We've gone and we've picked to people with big allocators of money that control trillions of dollars. And they said they would never hire us because we don't have enough white male partners in yeah. our firm. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel it. I feel yeah. it. So Karen, what do you think? Are you ready to join the uh, construction industry there, Karen? Sure. I'm going to get some hot pink platform. Thank you. Steel toed boots. Do it. You, you know what? <laughs> and don't forget the, and don't forget the pink hat. And the yeah. pink hat. Yeah. Pink hat. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Karen, thank you for calling in. We appreciate you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, I know we have another caller here. Let's just see what this is real quick, Ra Raquel, um, and maybe we'll take it right now. Um, as my producer said, do we got another caller there? Just send them on through. Jeff. Send them on through. Is there a – what was the name? Jeff. Is there a Jeff on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Jeff, what do you got for me? This is Gilbert Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert – Talk Inspiration Prayer with Miss Raquel Bajorn, who technically, I mean, by her card, is CEO of Indie Construction Partners, but clearly one of the leading entrepreneurs in America. Thank you. Yeah, you guys uh, touched on some points that uh, I was very interested in. I'm a big watcher of CNBC, and I've seen you on there, Gilbert. Ah, thank and, you. And you're welcome. And I've heard, and certainly everything I'm reading certainly shows that we're looking at a, a downturn in the economy. And I noticed that Raquel started right around the financial mm -hmm. crisis, I think I heard her say. Yes. So I was just wondering from an entrepreneur standpoint, how are you managing a potential downturn and what kind of tips do you have for us? Interesting, interesting. Such a good do, question. Do you see a downturn in your business yet? Yes. Um, a lot of developers have actually paused on their projects. Um, they're, I mean, it's, yeah, the la when I started was in the last recession. And I will say this. So statistically, when we look at history, you know, the most millionaires were actually made, which would be 
value not billionaires and during the time of the, the last Great Depression, right? So actually recessions are actually opportun opportunistic in the fact that there actually is still a lot of opportunity to be able to, um, especially in construction, to be able to jump in now. Um, I think especially if you're thinking about starting, it's actually not a bad time to start because you're going to see a lot of people exit out of fear. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's going to be all easy and stuff, but the decisions that you make now um, and getting started will definitely define how strong of a company you're going to have after the recession's over. And they're saying this is going to last for, you know, I've heard from seven to nine years, I've heard a decade. Uh, so we're kind of like in the winter right now of the mm -hmm. economic situation. Um, one thing that we're certainly doing is we're constantly studying um, opportunities. So one thing that I'm really passionate about is affordable housing. And I don't mean like housing in, in just it being Section 8. I mean, like, when you look at houses that are for sale, they're just no longer affordable. So one thing that we're actually looking at is marrying our tech with uh, with housing and coming up with solutions for people that are looking for that. So my, my dream is, and we're working on it, is actually to be able to build a house in less than 90 days. I'm, I'm building the pilot pilot house right now in the East End District. Um, I love the East End. Yolanda Black Navarro also. I'm doing some charity stuff there. Amen. If you want to look into that, visit my website, RaquelBoujourn.com. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's really important for you to do your homework, understand the industry that you're in, see, you know, do exactly what you're saying, watch the CNBCs. But, you know, if I can come up with a solution, which I believe I will for this affordable housing, that thing is a billion dollar unicorn. So um, we're pushing for it. I have faith in it and I think that's just really important in, in strategy and how to make it through. Very good. Jeff, we really appreciate the question. You got any follow-up there, Jeff, or we're gonna close you out? Just one other thing. Go and for it. This one always but this one always bugs me. You know, when we had the COVID downturn and everybody was uh, working from home and no one was on the streets, you know, why didn't the city do more? Why didn't the city do more construction at that time uh, to fix the roads, fix the bridges, you know do more infrastructure at that point. I have an Why answer do you think for that. that was? So I was actually in the middle of doing three civil projects. I was building a bridge and doing a lot of road work. Um, I actually had about $10 million worth of contracts cancel on me within a 60-day wow. period. Yeah, my forecast was totally off and skewed because of COVID. But because of the water, so we did a lot of water lines. So because at the time when COVID first started, we weren't really sure what we were dealing with. Um, and so people did not want us to like not service water for people to take the risk of losing a water line or for mm -hmm. us to accidentally hit the road you know because the thing is is in the surveys that we have at the city a lot of the infrastructure is so old that the data is not accurate or the plan is inaccurate so as you're exploring underground you might find something that you didn't know was was there and it's not on the plan and so then you're having to cut the water you're having to cut the you know cut some kind of service to the home and at that time everybody was just in quarantine mode so while in construction we were actually considered essential still required to work some of the major infrastructure projects were just totally postponed because of that wow well jeff thank you for calling we appreciate you i'm going to take another caller or two here we got i think two backed up real quick uh thank you jeff and who do we have now Jesse, is there a Jesse there? Thank you for calling. We appreciate you. Is there a Jesse there? Yes, sir, Mr. Gilbert. First of all, thank you very much for all you're doing for these uh, to get out the vote. Uh, but I want to uh, thank Raquel because she is helping a lot in our neighborhood. She's uh, mentioned uh, Yolanda Navarro um, um, Middle School, where she's building a food pantry uh, for the uh, school there. She's been speaking to the students there and inspiring them and asking the kids that have a dream. They said the first kid tells me they have a dream, I'll give you a $100 bill. And she, she really makes these kids think. And then she's been helping them with their graduations. And I really just want to thank her for the great job she's doing in the community and always helping. So I know she don't want to brag about that, but Aww. she's also <laughs> an excellent singer too. Thank you, Jesse. Wow, Jess. <laughs> That's super great. Um, well, you know, like anything else, if you love what you do, you're probably going to be good at it. Yeah. And it's very, very clear that Raquel loves what she's doing. Yeah. And whether it's the construction part, whether it's the be a, a leader part, whether it's work with people part, or whether it's all of it, you can tell she loves it and it comes out. And that's probably why she's doggone good at it.
Yes, yes. And I will say, just to add to that, so I'm a part of Leadership Houston. I'm class 41. Um, if you would like to participate, please, please do reach out. Um, you can visit my website or the Bujorn Foundation, or you can actually just text me. My number is 713-859-4658. I'll put a link out on my website for you to be able to donate, but we are uh, collaborating and trying to build a food market pantry within Yolanda Black Navarro. They're calling it the Leading Leopard Market. They're partnered with the Houston Food Bank, and they service about 100 families um, every two weeks. And the students there just have my heart. The staff is incredible. They're doing a lot of great things for their community, and uh, I do a lot at that school because I just really love I love the kids there. They actually remind me a lot of when I was uh, – a young when kid young. growing up, yeah, and and um, and I just really want to do more for them. And he's right. At the graduation, it kind of did break my heart because I got up and I gave a, a speech and I asked, "Who believes they can make a hundred dollars in one second? And there was four hundred people in the audience, and there was one kid that raised his hand. And I pulled out a hundred, a crisp hundred dollar bill. I love that. And I'm gonna borrow that somewhere yeah, someday if you don't mind. Do it. And I'm gonna say it's you though. It was the best because everybody started clapping and then they were engaged and then I was like, you see, it starts with self belief. And that kid in that moment, just because of that one moment, probably will remember that forever and it will probably change and make an impact in some of the decisions he's gonna make. All those kids will remember that. You know yeah. what they're going to say to themselves? Doggone it, I should have raised my they hand. Did. That's, they did. I mean, that's they the whole, did. That's, I guarantee you. Uh, Jesse, thank you for calling in. Thank uh, you, we Jesse. appreciate you, Love Jess. You. Uh, no, appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. We got another caller there. Is there a Kevin on the line? Was there a Kevin on the line? Kevin, you there, pal? Maybe we lost you there, Kev. Hey, how are you? Is this Kevin? Yes, this is Kevin. Kevin, you got me, Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert, talking inspiration and prayer with Miss Raquel Bajorn. What do you got for us, pal? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's Kevin. I'm a local photographer here in Houston. Um, I shoot different events, whether it's birthday parties, bar photography, etc. Um, you can call me at 832-790-0208. If you have any events and you need a photographer to capture your boats. Very good. Well, tell me this. How'd you get involved in photography? Uh, so I started at U of H downtown. I started the photo club there, and I uh, was able to get uh, sponsorships through Mitsubishi. And I was able to get equipment and uh, educate students about photography and send them to different conferences. But, but what made you say, you know what, I kind of like this taking picture stuff. What, what made you think that? Or how did, how did that happen? Um, well, so I, my family started collecting cameras uh, wow. back then, and so um, I, I got interest to, interested in doing photography. And like old like vintage that. cameras, like Polaroids and things like that? Uh, yeah, like uh, the old Pentax and also like the Hasselblad. So that's why I started into getting into cameras. Very, very good. Well, if somebody wants to reach you there, I'm going to give you another minute here to just say it again. So what's your uh, number and what's your uh, website there or whatever if somebody wants to hire you for a show? So it's Kevin Lee, Kevin, K-E-V-I-N-L-I, photography.com. And you can take a look at uh, different events I've captured. Um, you can also call me at 832-790-0208. Thank you. Kevin, thank you for calling in. As I tell our listeners, this is the people station. You call in and you say whatever you want. We get candidates all the time. and people, what, You want to say what's going on at your school, what's going on with the local scouts, what's going on at the church. You call in. That's what it's for. So, Raquel, I'm going to come back to you because, you know, one of the things that has struck me is, so I'm tinkering with uh, building affordable homes. I haven't told anybody that really this yet. And here I am telling, you know, you know, I don't know, oh, half a million people. Um, but I wanted to learn for myself yeah. about, you know, how easy it is or hard it is. And it's been an incredible journey. And it seems like I have been in permit mode for almost a year. Yeah. And now we're building. And what strikes me is they need those properties on the property tax roll and people want to move in to the area. Yeah. And the other thing that strikes me is, you know, when you hear the term affordable housing, I mean, when I was doing the research, affordable housing is like $250,000, $275,000. That doesn't sound affordable to me, mm -mm. Uh, but that's what these houses are. Right. So speak to me about your, um, 
your own experience with permitting. Is it just me? No. No, it's a citywide issue for sure. We have to, um, and I have met with a lot of people in the permitting department, and God bless their heart, because really, uh, last time I heard they were like, 20% vacancies. So it's really difficult, first of all, to get the talent to be able to come into those positions um, at the level that they're coming in. And a lot of times you'll get people that maybe are straight out of college, they'll learn the processes, be there for two years, and then they'll jump ship. Um, so that's that's one problem that they're having. The other problem is, is that they are just barely transitioning to the new technology of where we're supposed to be. Uh, so getting it from the old school paper system where it goes into a stack and it's just one by one by one has definitely been a problem. I believe that there does need to be work in departmentalizing it so that, it, like for me, I have the same problem with you, like you have um, on my commercial projects as well as residential. So it kind of all goes into one pile. Like we have an issue where we were at a halt on foundation uh, permits and this facility that we're building is going to employ 1,800 people. It's going to add taxes to the bottom line. So it's good for the city. 1,800 people? Come on. 1,800 jobs. We yeah. need to get that. We Correct. need to get that permitted we, right we, now. We need to get that permitted right now. Yeah. So, yeah. I do believe that there does need to be a lot of rework within um, that system. It's kind of difficult right now because, as we know, we're in a mayoral race year. There's going to be some transitions of power and transitions of, of who's running what. And, and so I think, you know, we won't see so much change right now. But uh, they are, I can tell you that the staff that is there is hoping for a change because I do know that a lot of the, the employees that are there, that, you know, they're trying their best, but they're only utilizing the system that they've been given to utilize. Mm -hmm. So it's really frustrating for them as much as it is for us. And I do think that we can 100,000% improve the way that it currently is being managed because it is a nightmare. Well, let me ask you this. So your first dream was a $50 million project and then you got it. Yeah. And then the next dream, the next big dream was two hundred million. I mean, I, I mean, just was I mean, like, where's this going? There's no, there's no limit That's here. Right. Well, I, I'm now working on a whole other venture. I uh, in tech and e-commerce. That's I believe my my Latina unicorn because, uh, I, as you know, like in capital venture, I think that um, it's a lot easier and quicker to grow. Um, in those sectors. So yeah, sky's the limit. Like I, when I do say like, I want to be the JLo of business, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just navigating my way through because it hasn't been done. I do believe in it. The name of the company is DGR Commerce Solutions, by Man. the way. I, I want to work for you. Yeah, well, come uh, on. I mean, my come on. I mean, every, I mean, now let's, <laughs> so for real, when people want, if they want to work for you, we're like, if someone wanted to send you a resume, where would they yeah. do that? Um, actually, like, I love my marketing, um, coordinator and Jennifer, my assistant, both of them were just like referrals. Actually, uh, long story short, my marketing uh, director, she just posted something on Facebook and I found it and she was like, I really hate the culture at my job. And I was like, hey, you wanna come work with us? So, I mean, it's just not even, sometimes it's not a formal process. Sometimes we put ads out on Indeed. Um, a lot of it is just, you know, in construction especially, they're afraid of working in the construction yeah. industry, so it has been relationships. What, what, what's the volume of projects you have? All your pro what's the construction volume of everything right now that you're doing? Oh, man. Um, we probably have you hit a, are you at a billion yet? Uh, not yet. Not annually. Not yet. Um, I think we I can't wait till you are. I know. It's going to be here. <laughs> I, I mean, no, really, right? I know. I, I mean, so I feel the same it. way about I you. I feel it. Like, I'm receiving it. I'm ready for it. I do believe that the client relationships we are building is going to give us that opportunity. Um, I think that we organically are going to start outgrow like not outgrowing Houston but we're going to actually extend our locations into other places in the United yeah. States so I'm really excited about that um, and there is definitely a lot of work to be done for there's sure. so much work to so be done much. because so many things have been I don't want to say neglected but we've lacked investment in yes. so many areas that you know we just you name it roads bridges so uh, you name it yeah. ports you talked about ports, ports earlier yeah um, wow well when you do that billion I want you to come back on the show and, and we're going to like do a toast oh yeah and then at that point, though, there. you got to always keep moving the target. Yeah. So then we're going to say the target now is $5 billion. Yeah. Can you imagine these numbers? Yeah, right now it's a $1 billion, right? And then you'll be there whenever I get to ring the bell and go public. I, I want to ring the that. bell. <laughs> I want to ring you the bell. You have to be there with me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I believe it. I think, I think I'm on a five-year – I made myself a five-year plan. This is an exercise I tell everybody. It's still January, not too late to do it. Yep. Write down uh, measurable goals. Uh, for the year 
and really hold yourself accountable for them. You know, like, but realistic, like you, you write your big goals and then you write your small goals. It could be as simple as like, I want to get better organized. Okay. Well, how am I going to yep. do that with my time? Yep. We talked about that. How you manage your time is so important. Don't waste time on things that are not add, adding value to your life. And we do a lot of that. Speaking of managing time, are you ready for this? What? An hour. It's already over. Oh my God. Can you believe it? I can't. You've been here now. Tee up our music there and keep it soft there because we're going to talk over the music because I want to make sure she has plenty of time. Uh, Mr. Producer, if you key up Whitney, um, can you believe it? Well, it's I been just, an hour already. I just want to say I'm so grateful for you and so grateful for everything that you're doing in our community and for just supporting Latinas and women and women in business. I just want to applaud you and give you a round of applause for just reaching out to the community. Sharing your story has been very impactful and inspirational to so many people. So applause to you, Gilbert. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much very for having much. me today. Thank you, studio audience. Well, that's very kind of you. And um, I really think that, you know, you're going to one day do one of these things where you're going to build like a football stadium. Yeah. You know, you're going to be one of those where you're going to be building, you know, an airport or something massive. And you're going to do it for the right reasons, which is you're good. Thank you. You're good. Thank you. The fact that you're a woman, Latina, all that is wonderful. That's what's called, I don't know, gravy. Icing yeah. on the cake? It is. But you're good. It's a superpower. It's a superpower. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear the rest of this song. And when we conclude with Whitney here, we will be on social media another minute or two because I do want to give everyone, again, your website and everything else, how to reach you. Yeah. So, Houston, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of a tip from Gilbert as we listen to the end of joy this next one minute. Thank you for being on the show. A tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're going to be on social media here another five minutes. And you've got Raquel Bajorn. What a wonderful story. You know, her and her sister, her mom raising them and, you know, going from public school around and then all of a sudden, you know, chasing the dream on music and then said, you know what? Um, I'm going to chase the dream and construction and here I am with the $200 million projects all around me that I am doing. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's what you call joy. Go tell it on the mountain. Shout it from a valley. Men in every nation, join the celebration. Join the celebration of Raquel. Let's celebrate Raquel. Boy, anything Whitney sings is wonderful. Anything, right? Anything. Let me know, their producer, when we're uh, off radio and when we hit the social in the end here. To all my radio partners, thank you for listening in. All right, Houston. We're now off radio. I want to thank all the stations that listen to me. Uh, I want to thank, of course, KWWJ, Keep Walking with Jesus, KYOK, that's the legendary KYOK, and then, of course, KCOH, The Source, Aliento Radio, who's always there supporting everything that we do, and Sangeet Radio. So we're here on social media. I want to thank you for listening to a tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration and Prayer. We've had for the last hour, Miss Raquel Bajorn. We had about, oh, six to eight callers. They're very interesting calls. A lot of them, like, you could tell they're either entrepreneurs or they're something like that because I felt a little business in them. And Raquel, you've been here talking about your life story. You talked a little bit about faith and how faith has really brought you forward. Why don't you, let's end with that. Yeah. And then after you talk a little bit about faith, how it's kept you going and those beautiful children that you have and your supportive husband and, of course, your mom, The Rock. Uh, and then just tell everybody again your email and how they can reach you and your website. So I'm going to give you the last few minutes here. Thank you. You can talk right in the camera yes. to Houston. Yeah. So my website is RaquelBoujourn.com. That's R-A-Q-U-E-L. 
and then B-O-U-J-O-U-R-N-E. And there you'll see the links to all of the companies that I oversee. Indie Construction Partners. Um, you can also visit our website at IndieConstruction.com. Um, my information is also on there. You can also call me or text me. If I don't answer, it's probably because I'm in a meeting somewhere on a radio show with Gilbert. <laughs> uh, but you can uh, reach me at 713 713- Eight five nine four six five eight, and I'm gonna go ahead and put up a link on there for where you can um, donate via Houston Leadership Houston. Uh, they have their own website for you to be able to get involved and in how you can volunteer and help Yolanda Black Navarro uh, for the big ribbon cutting that's coming up in May. And I'm constantly doing a lot of uh, stuff for the Bujorn Foundation. Uh, we started the foundation last year just because we started doing so much community work. How great. Yeah, and I really love, um, honestly, I love my job, but whenever I get to make an impact in one of those uh, young kids' lives, it, it like, that's my favorite. So, um, so yeah, it makes me mad. I love those kids. Uh, but, yeah, you can visit my website. And my email's there. Or you can email me at um, rb at indieconstruction.com. Definitely will get back with you in any way that you guys want to help or participate. Or even if you have a question, I also set up sometimes 15-minute uh, coaching sessions uh, for women that are in construction or thinking about getting into construction. How does, how does someone do that? They, they just text me or email me. Um, I've already coached, I think, Thus far, I just started maybe like less than 30 days ago. I've already had like four sessions. With and four do you like uh, meet them at a place? Where, like where no, do you meet them? No, it's just like a casual phone call or it could be really? a Zoom. How wonderful. Yeah, and it's just like a 15-minute, because I feel like 15 minutes is very effective, very impactful. They come with whatever questions they want to have. I've answered all kinds of um, just various questions. Most of the time, it, I get a lot of women, obviously, in the field, and they and they ask basic questions like, hey, how did you handle breastfeeding? Like, yeah. What did you do? Or yeah. I had a, a, a construction uh, dump truck owner. She's a woman. She's like, I'm thinking about starting my family, but I'm afraid to. What do you think I should do in this case? And so we like literally have a 15-minute coaching session on, okay, so I don't think you should not plan on living your life just because you're in construction. There, When there's a will, there's a way. We're, we're, yes, definitely pray on yep. it, but for sure, let's make a plan. And so, um, and so that's what I've been helping them do. And it does come a lot. Uh, a lot of people, sometimes they just need someone telling them, hey, snap out of it. Believe in yourself. Have faith. You know, again, that faith over fearless yep. thing. Um, and fear is so present and almost, I mean, it's just so natural. Like, you know, you get butterflies, you get nervous. Um, but you just have to remember that that's a liar. Fear is a liar. And so, you know, with the faith and, and the power of that is so much more powerful in everything that we do. And so I go, my plan is I continue going where I've never gone. I say that, like, where are you going? I've Like, when you ask me, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Yeah. I'm like, it's, there's no limit. Like, there's it's, it's literally like, no limit. Like, it's like Star Trek, you yeah, know, like, where you seek out new lives, a new civilization yeah, to go. boldly go let's where go. no one has gone let's before. Go. That's you. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. And I want to take my whole team with me and every Latin know with me and we're going to do some amazing things and we are doing amazing things and so now I just feel like it's my social responsibility to talk about it I, I didn't talk about it as much so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to have a platform to be able to talk about it and hopefully yeah somebody who is listening even if it was one person today we made an impact in their life and they they can make some kind of decision that's going to change the world amen yeah I love that all right Mr. Producer we're going to close this out go ahead and key up the music there as I say, go ahead and tee up my commercial. As we say that this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from this Gilbert, Talk, Gilbert Inspiration, and Prayer, saying we'll radio. see you next time. From Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 a.m. The Source on San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 a.m. and Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 a.m. Call in at 832 2570 8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.